Hello, everybody. You're listening to so many sequels. I'm Josh. I am Andrew. 23 days till Halloween. Halloween. Did you count? Hello- oh, yeah, my that's God. Why that's asked. why you asked. <laughs> I'm Gary. I always hope maybe it's for something a little bit more clever than it is. Nope. <laughs> anyway. I live at lowbrow humor, ladies and gentlemen. That is my wheelhouse. Woof. Everything. (laughs) Uh, We're the people we said we are. Uh, Before we get into the show, I want to start out by saying that we're available now on a lot more uh, podcast services than we used to be. Which ones, Josh? Like all of them. So we're on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe for free. Right. We're on SoundCloud. You can like us and subscribe there. Ah, damn. We're also on Google Play Music. How about that? And Spotify. As of last week. Kaboom. So check out all those various ways you can listen to us. Tell your Android friends who previously only had SoundCloud as an option. And I don't think people do that. Probably not. I don't think they do that at all. No. But think- now we're in Spotify and, and Google Play. So I think both of those um, are more used. <laughs> what a treat for these people as we start our Halloween conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a treat. Low brow. With that out of the way, I will now say that we are in week two of our Halloween takeover month. Um, All Halloween movies this month and all Halloween Halloween movies, meaning the franchise that um, kickstarted Michael Myers and all that fun stuff. But the best part about today's episode is it's a little weird. We skipped Halloween 2 so we could go to Halloween 3 because it's like a weird standalone movie. It doesn't relate really in any way to the story of, of Halloween. No. So we're going to go there. Halloween 3 is about um, a doctor who is on a mission to figure out what is going on with uh, some weird secret stuff with a creepy uh, Halloween mask commercial that's on TV. This obsession with Halloween masks from this particular company among the children of the country. And it all starts when a man mysteriously shows up at his hospital um, Freaking out about people are going to kill us all. And then another mysterious stranger comes in the middle of the night and kills him. Beginning the mystery. That's the wrong franchise. That's close. That's the right franchise. They don't actually use that song in this movie as part of this movie's soundtrack. Right. Yeah, so just for so people are not confused, there are 11 movies... In the, that's what we decided, right? Eleven movies in the Halloween franchise in general, including yeah. the reboots and the, and the sequels and, the, and, what, and all that stuff. There are only five weeks in October, so we are picking and choosing Halloween movies. We're not doing them all. And, and we wanted to give you a variety, so we did the original one last week. This is the standalone one, and then we're going to get into some other ones later. But I was intrigued by this one because it is the only one that doesn't have Michael Myers. And I feel like... It's an interesting choice. And I was ready to rip this movie to shreds. I came in thinking this is going to be real bad. Uh, and I was not, I was not right. <laughs> I don't want to say that I thought it was great, but it was not bad. Yeah. I think you might disagree, though. A little bit. Andrew will disagree. Yeah. A little bit. I think you'll disagree a lot. <laughs> I don't know. You kicked in that door and said, quote, that movie was horrible. <laughs> yeah. End quote. While, while we were watching it, Andrew was watching it at the same time. 
at his place and texted me and said, have y'all watched Halloween 3 yet? And I said, we're watching it right now. And he just goes, it's horrible. <laughs> and now, and I didn't say anything yeah. at that point. Yeah. All I said was, we're almost done with it. So let, talk about your watching experience <laughs> and then we'll talk about ours because we'll have slightly different opinions. Okay, so I under I came into this movie fully understanding that it's standalone and I think they were trying to <clears throat> I think they were trying to like make like a series of it like around Halloween. I think that's the idea of it. Like an anthology kind of thing? Kind of, Is that yeah. what you were thinking? Okay. Yeah. So I, I, I came in with that with that mindset and I'm like okay, well this is something kind of different. Um... There was just something about it that I just didn't, like, care for. I don't know what it was. I just... I remember watching this movie and I'm thinking, is this a horror movie or is this a just a, a cheesy sci-fi? You know, it didn't... I, I, too, thought it didn't really feel like a horror movie. It no. was more of a kind of run-of-the-mill sci-fi action movie. Yeah, you can't call this a horror movie. It, it has some elements of horror, like, you know, Halloween and yeah. gore mm-hmm. and uh that kind of some scares but it's more of a it's more of a mystery thriller of trying to take down this um evil corporation who's trying to kill children at a mass scale on mm-hmm. on Halloween night point of order it is classified as a science fiction horror film Okay. Science fiction does. I still first. would take out the horror. I still yeah. don't it's, know that it's a horror movie. It's not a horror movie. Well, it depends it's, because I think that for me, I had more. I don't necessarily want to say scares, but more moments where I was surprised. I guess like in Halloween, the original, the only time that I was really scared was when Bob came swinging out of the closet. That was the one time that like made me jump. This time I had multiple moments where I was like, whoa! I don't think scares dictate whether something's horror, though. I guess that's fair. There's well, a lot of movies that are scary that are that are just suspenseful or what have you. Yeah, there was a, I felt like there was a lot of suspense. Like, this, this movie did a weird thing for me where I wrote down in my notes, it feels like this movie's been going for seven hours. Like, it felt really slow. But it also, about halfway through, it had my attention. I was really interested in what was going on. And it built a lot of tension in the second half. The first half was really slow, and then parts of the second half were really slow. But I was suspensed, and I was intrigued by the story. Yeah, let's let's go over that a little bit, because I feel like no one in, on this planet has seen this movie, probably. <laughs> and I kind of just went through a very, very, very brief synopsis at the beginning. So it opens with a, with a man who's delivering these masks... Mm-hmm. And he has a weird confrontation with the guy. He ends up in the hospital. A guy, uh, like a uh, some guy who comes by, sees him, and takes him to the hospital. And he starts telling the doctors and the nurses, "They're going to kill us. They're going to kill us all." And he's clutching this pumpkin mask, and he will not let it go, even when he's unconscious. He's clutching this mask. So the doctor's like, "Whoa, I don't know about this. This is weird." He goes home. Um, his kids have these Halloween masks. It's the silver shamrock Halloween masks. They're like, they're like the Furbies of this year, I, of that year, I guess. Like everyone, <laughs> everyone wants the silver shamrock masks. There's a commercial that comes on TV every every freaking commercial break that has a little which I, uh, jingle that I'm gonna refrain from because I want to real bad. This really catchy jingle that you hear multiple times throughout. Um, so then 
a little bit later, they start to learn some more. The guy wakes up and starts talking a little bit. And then in the middle of the night, a mysterious uh, suited man puts on some, some black latex gloves and violently kills the guy by, like, shoving in his eyeballs and then ripping his, like, whatever you it, call this part uh, of your, the nose The nose cartilage. Part, the nose cartilage just, like, rips it up. It was gross. And it then... It freaked me out just for just a second. So yeah. the guy, the doctor, and the victim's daughter go on a mission to figure out who killed his dad, and it spirals into uncovering this whole uh, corporate conspiracy. That witchcraft. involves witchcraft. Yeah. And I, Stonehenge. I this movie had a lot more gore than, than the last than one. the first one. Yep. So I was reading uh, since we didn't talk about the second one, it says that there's a lot more gore in this one, but it doesn't have as much gore as Halloween two. Hmm. So apparently Halloween two is very slasher film and whatnot. But in this movie, <clears throat> I mean, the nose cartilage thing was one. There's another part where these creepy men in suits uh, literally rip the guy's head <laughs> off. That was cool. That like, was... they lift it <laughs> yeah. off of his body and, like, throw it aside. And then there's another scene, and th- and I thought this is where I thought the, the special effects were really good. Not, mm, the, the... It was facial, like 1983. Yeah, ni- 1982, something like that. Something yeah. like that. They, the, the special effects makeup was good. Not necessarily the graphics, because there's a scene where this woman is... Messing with the thing on the back of a logo, and a laser shoots yeah. out and hits her in the face, <clears throat> and that looked really dumb. But it surprised me, and it caught me off guard, and it made me go, "Oh shit!" And then they showed her face, and her face, her face was, was messed up and mangled, and the it, the gra- and the makeup looked really good. And then a bug crawled out of it. It was gross, but it was really well done for the time, and I thought it held up pretty well. It's obviously practical effects which usually go over better mm-hmm. but considering the first one had l- no gore and mangled stuff like that this was really good mm-hmm. yeah so the doctor chalice and the and the, and eileen was that her name ellie yeah the doctor and ellie make it to the make it to shamrock <laughs> Silver? What is it? Shamrock? What? Shamrock's silver. Sh- I think silver was- Shamrock. Silver. Sh- we're just going with that. <laughs> they make it to Silver Shamrock. I think. I don't remember. Silver Shamrock novelties. Silver Shamrock novelties, where they make the masks, and um, Doctor Chalice discovers through the the president or whoever CEO of the company that this is part of a long tradition in witchcraft, where they have to like reset things. So they take this block from, literally from Stonehenge, and do their witchy stuff, and put it in the in the masks, in the logo on the masks. So there are these masks worn by, I would guess, millions of children across the country because they're so popular, and they're going to do a live TV drawing at 9 o'clock or whatever, and the kids have to be in front of the TV for this drawing. And when they play that commercial, it's going to trigger the thing in the mask, that will basically melt their heads and make snakes and bugs come out. Kill them all. Can I say, (laughs) describing this movie really sounds stupid. It does. But somehow it works. I I really enjoyed it. Um, Much more than I thought I would. But the the description of it, I I see how people would be like, well, but give it a chance. 
I was reading the Wikipedia about it, and it was saying that it was not well received. Um, and recently, it has been because a lot of people were like, "Why is there? It's not Michael Myers." And then, as it's been reevaluated over the years, it's become a cult hit. Hmm. Yeah, people like it a lot more okay. when you look at it as an anthology piece, a standalone piece. Because the only connections it has to Halloween is there's a there are, there's there are two cameos of the movie Halloween playing on TV. So it's kind of in this weird meta universe where uh, this film takes place in a world where Halloween was a movie and not a real life event. Yeah. So that's interesting. It is an. I will say that it. I can understand how it would be confusing uh, because if you've created a world where sequels are anticipated now after having created two movies called Halloween with Michael Myers and then you create a third one with the same title um, that is a little odd I feel like there was maybe a, a so they could have named it something differently to where well, it just why call it Halloween 3 yeah, season yeah, of the witch? why that, not just call it Halloween season, season of, of the, the witch, witch. Yeah. Or, or season of the witch a Halloween story yeah, yeah. like Star Wars that's what they do with those. Yeah. So I get how it would be a little confusing and, and off-putting, especially at the time when you have become accustomed to seeing these particular Michael Myers movies, mm-hmm. and then this comes out, and it's not anything like what you expect. No. Um, it's not a slasher flick. It's not uh, got anything to do with that. It's it's something completely different, and, and the you're right. The whole idea was to do an anthology thing, and I think that... Uh, it's an interesting choice. Yeah. Well, from what I understood from my reading of the crack research teams at wikipedia.com <laughs> is that the studio wanted another Halloween movie, but John Carpenter didn't Yeah. and said, well, I'll do it, but if it has nothing to do with the other Halloween movies. And they were like, sold! So it was more of, a, I think, an accidental anthology. Like, he, they, he just did it because they wanted it. It sounded like... Yeah, I mean, but he didn't want it to be. He didn't want to do more um, Michael Myers at that time. So you said that it, it wasn't necessarily like a, a horror movie, and I, 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 I get where you're coming from. It doesn't fit the tropes of a horror. Sure, no. sure, it doesn't it, fit the tropes. It fits, but an, it fits a thriller. A the, I feel thriller. like the creep factor was really high for me. Like those men in suits were really creepy. Um, they they would turn out to be robots. You'd find out later that all of these people that are associated with this company, this uh, Silver Shamrock, most of them are androids. Uh, But you don't know that at the time. You just think they're creepy dudes and there's something wrong with them, like they're brainwashed or something. Um, They would turn out to be robots. But the way they... There was a scene when the doctor and Ellie were touring the mask facility. And as they're exiting... They're, they're, they know something is wrong. Something is off. They feel weird. And as they're leaving the factory, they see all of these men in suits standing just like at attention in weird places, hidden, but obviously hidden. Like, you can see them, but they're in the shadows kind of out of the way. And so then she tries to take off to she sees her father's car runs towards him and then these men in suits just like come out and and grab her and i just i felt like those guys in suits really set a creepy tone that 
I didn't get throughout the entire Michael Myers Halloween movie. I got a different. It was a I have different. So creep. perplexed by, by it this. was a different creep factor. I'm. Per- what do you think about the creep factor of this one? I had no creep factor. I really, yeah, I, I really didn't. Like, I didn't. You know, when I watched the first Halloween, I, when I watched the first Halloween, you know, it, it's a, maybe it's a different type of creep factor here because, like, when I watched the first Halloween, it's like there's a killer on the loose. You don't know who he is. You don't know where he's coming from. You don't know what his intentions are. And Michael Myers is an absolute character where you don't really know it. You know, you don't really know much of his history at that point in time. And I think that 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 heightens the uh, that heightens the tension here. I just didn't. I just didn't get that same vibe. But you didn't wish, know anything about the men in suits, and you, what you do know, know about, about them the, is that they will break your damn nose and well, pull it out I your think, face. Yeah, the difference is we did find out everything about the men in suits, though. Later, so they lost their creep factor. A Later, lot. you yeah. didn't at the time. But I mean, when it, when it gets right down to it, it's just it's just not satisfying. You know, just I'm, I wasn't satisfied with it. Like when the, when it, when we found out, like, oh yeah, these people are actually robots. It's like, oh really? Okay, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll yeah, t- but you I'll didn't know it, it at the time. I know, but yeah, you but- knew Michael Myers was a serial killer, or you knew Michael Myers was a killer because he killed his sister. Mm-hmm. So you know his background. I think it's but we don't know his motivation, and we, we know theirs. His motivation is to kill. Their motivation is to kill. <sighs> That's generalizing it, but sure. <laughs> so basically, that's doc- looking at a very broad lens. The the doctor, like the the. The head bad guy of this is like Thanos. <laughs> you just really wanted to make a comparison to Thanos, didn't sure, you? Sure, why not? He's not... I mean, sure, I guess the, the wait, nature wait. of the whatever that witchcraft ritual they were doing mm-hmm. was kind of to reset mm-hmm. a bunch of things by, by killing all these people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess in a weird way, I can see that connection. Yeah, I don't know. It just... Uh, big shady corporations trying to kill people. It just wasn't horror for me. No. So you and I watched it together. Yeah. What you enjoyed it? What was it about it that you enjoyed then? The so, mystery. Uh, of... An unfolding mystery. Sure. That's what I liked about it. It was a it was a weird story. Yeah. That did it give you X Files vibes? It did, and I think that's kind of also what took me out of the horror mode. Because it was more like a mystery thriller of these two people trying to get to the bottom of, of this mystery. And they slowly uncover it over time until at the end the whole thing is blown open and they know what's going on. And that's not how horror movies usually work. Right. Um, but I enjoyed the mystery. Okay. And and the satisfaction of finding out certain things. I, boy, I'll tell you what. I I went. I said I was ready to rip into this, and in mm-hmm. that first half of that movie, that acting was so bad. Oh my god! It was yeah, really it's rough. Not good. It's not well acted. I say that for but, sure. But but for me, it did get better once you got away from like the the side characters. Like I thought the doctor was pretty good. He he was better. Uh, the men in suits were again. I thought they were creepy, but they didn't say anything. They just looked and lumbered. Yeah. Um, everybody else was mediocre. I mean. I said that this, I gave it a, you know how they have like B movies and those are ones that are like, I said this was like an A minus movie. (laughs) Like it's not great, but it's not at that level of 
so bad it's good. No, it's not very campy. No. It has aspects, but it's not overly campy. Yeah. Um, one thing that I did think was weird was the doctor himself. What's his name? Chalice? A, a, uh, Dan Chalice, I think. Uh, he Boy, he talked about a horn dog. <laughs> this guy was yeah. doing a whole lot of stuff that you cannot be doing and hitting on every single female that he saw. Yeah. What I had a problem with was he, you know, the gratuitous sex scenes that happen in horror movies. Yeah. He hooked up with Ellie a couple of times and then he was like, wait, how old are you? Uh, yeah. Pardon? Yeah, no kidding. Pardon me? <laughs> That's a question you ask first. If you don't know this person and they don't, and their relationship seemed to come out of nowhere because she showed up after her dad died and then he, they went off to find out what happened and they got in this hotel room and then they then they just started making out. out <laughs> yeah. Seemingly out, out of nowhere. No, literally out yeah. of nowhere. They just, they took, a, I don't know how far that away is. this city was from where they were, but like they just took a road trip and then all of a sudden love spurred. That, that is one of the things that confused me because I did not know why the hell that was happening. Well, I just, like I, did, of- I just figured, I just figured it was just like a, like, Something that goes along with like campy horror movies, like you got to throw a sex scene in there somewhere, and uh, yeah, there it is. I think I think uh, a be. lot of movie horror movies or movies trying to be horror. There's an idea that there needs to be a relationship aspect in it. Well, and I mean, some, and sometimes there just doesn't. But and and we see it didn't work here. It's not even just a relationship aspect. Sometimes there's just boobs and sex in. Well, it. but yeah, but it's usually formed from. Somebody's yeah. relationship. Right, this was right, literally right, right, right. two strangers, sure, who well, just like were thrown together, I've, I've, and it really makes it like I don't even truly understand why he, the doctor, cares so much. Right, like it's not really his mystery to solve. No, um, you know she's trying to find out answers and avenge her father's death, but he was just there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not as well versed in the Halloween franchise. As I am with like Friday the Thirteenth and um, Nightmare on Elm Street, I've seen more of those movies than I have Halloween. I think up until this podcast series, the only one I've seen is the original one and the Rob Zombie reboot. So I don't really know, but I don't feel like, and this is making a huge assumption based on what I just said, I don't feel like Michael Myers ever fell into that. I can't say. Um, I don't know. I know that Freddy and Jason got to points where they were just gratuitous killings and camp and gore and boobs and no plot. It it was just how many silly kills can you do? Mm-hmm. Um, Saw got to that point, and I love the Saw franchise, but mm-hmm. Saw, the four, five, six, uh, definitely were in that category. Seven was a little better, and Jigsaw was back to, you know, much like the original. The um, but I don't, I don't feel like I ever heard, and I, and again, I could be wrong, and maybe we'll find out. But I don't feel like, I feel like Michael Myers at least tried to have a story, and the Halloween franchise seems to to try to have a story in some way, shape, or form, even if it's not great. It's not necessarily just gratuitous stuff. I we have seen two of eleven, so I don't know. Yeah, I so, don't know. Yeah, uh, I just haven't heard about it as much, and usually, like. You know, you hear about Jason X and Freddy versus Jason and like Freddy 4, 5 and whatever. 18. Yeah. So those are all too much and money grabbers. But 
you know, we're, I think we're going to get into some of the later Michael Myers stuff next week, but well, I, I guess we'll see. But I've never heard people reference stuff like that when it comes to the Halloween franchise. Just Jason and Freddy. I think it's because the first... I mean, granted, some of these horror movies have really smart origins. I mean, Halloween here, we have a killer that you don't really know that much about. And you never really see his face. I mean, you see a glimpse of it once in the in the very first movie. But that's about it. With, right. uh, very simple. With A Nightmare on Elm Street... It's a pretty brilliant concept if you think about it. A killer who haunt, who literally kills you in your dreams. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think it's great. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth. A guy comes back from the lake to kill people. And, yeah, it's it and and just you know so much so that they make twelve of these movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I think the the Jason Voorhees character is interesting, and maybe one day we'll get to them. But it does sort of lack a bit of a re- originality. Oh man! Uh, talking about this, going back to this version of yeah. the standalone yeah. one, yeah. though, uh, critics again we said initially didn't like it, and we talked about the story. And and while it may not be the most solid story, you know, some if you pick it apart, then you'll find some things. And so some of the some critics were like, uh, any plot dependent on stealing a chunk of Stonehenge and shipping it secretly across the Atlantic is going to be shaky from the start. Um, at the end of the movie, the doctor is trying to get that final commercial to not air because all the kids are going to watch it and it's going to cause them to melt their face and bugs are going to come out and witchcraft is going to happen and everything. And he said, there are four time zones across the United States, so the western seaboard has four hours to get the fatal curse-inducing advertisement off of the air. Which is fair. Yeah. And we, But he's, we see at the end he's not successful anyway. Right. So then it, that kind of solves that problem. If he can't get it off the air, then you're screwed anyway. Yeah, uh, I mean, the guy called One Place... Yes, to get it shut down on every channel imaginable. And he must have some light. And from all we could tell, he managed to get it taken off of two channels in one city. Yeah. He must have some so, connections. Right. Because <laughs> he yeah. was just yelling, "You, I don't know why, just you gotta believe me. And then they did, which is weird. Uh, Roger Ebert was like, what is Cochran's plan? He's the main bad guy. To kill the kids and replace them with robots? Why? And that's a fair question because we never really found out other than like witchcrafty things. They said something about sacrifice and it's like the order of our nature or something like that. But he never yeah, really got was, deep into I, what he wanted to do and why. It didn't go deep, but it was it was enough for me. That's, like it, yeah. which, they gave a witchcraft reason for of ritual resets and stuff. Like I was fine with that they, oh, for this kind of movie. Yeah, that, I think that's why... I think that's what threw me off a little bit. Not everything and, needs to be spelled out. No, but at the same time, it just... Uh, it I, I allude back to Now, things. why replace with androids? I don't know why that... That I don't know, but I I could follow the, the, the thread on mm-hmm. the ritual. And there were some surprises, like uh, whenever Ellie turned out to be a robot... Mm-hmm. That yeah. was a. I did not see that coming. Surprise! He, the doctor, rescued her after she had been captured. They were in a car. They were driving away, and then all of a sudden, she like reached over and started trying to choke him out. Crashed into a tree. It was a surprise, mm-hmm. and then she kept coming back to get more after he had defeated her the first time. Chopped her head off. 
found out she was a robot. The arm tried to attack her after he severed that. Like then four the body, times. Yeah, then the body came back and was trying to get him. Like, it was, uh, you know. It was like a Lord of the Rings ending. Never ended. Never ended. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think that it is a interesting watch. And I feel like, again, most people probably haven't seen this. I think it's worth a watch. Just don't go in expecting it, expecting it to be connected. And then I think if you think if you go in, it's going to be standalone. It's going to be by itself. I think you'll enjoy it more than if you look at it as part of the Halloween franchise itself. I'd watch it again. Yeah, I think that it would be a nice little Halloween movie party. Like if you got, I think it would be a lot of fun to watch in a theater. Yeah, today, I think you'd get a lot of laughs and talking back and things like that. I could see it going that direction. Maybe I'll give this movie another shot. Yeah, you know, it's hard for me to take you seriously when you unironically love The Room. I love The Room because of how bad it is. Yeah, sure. You unironically <laughs> love it. I don't really have much else. That's I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun was, watch. It was a fine movie. Fine. Let's try to see if we can find some box office information for this one since Halloween was a little before I had a, I could get any records. Halloween 3 Season of the Witch opened October 22nd, 1982. It debuted at number 2 with $6 million that weekend. Uh, other movies that came out that weekend include First Blood, which I believe is the first Rambo movie, isn't yep. it? Yeah. Good movie. Uh, Monsignor? Don't know that one. I've never nope. heard of that. And Jinxed. And The Cinder. I don't know any of those movies. You've never heard of The Cinder? No, why would I? It debuted at number nine. <laughs> I'm just it's kidding. It's obviously not a hit. I'm just kidding. I've it made a total either. of four hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> oh my. Uh the other you know, the only other movies in the top for some reason thirteen this whole weekend that I've heard of is an officer and gentleman, E. T. Pink Floyd's The Wall and Rocky Three. Oh, and Annie. I don't know the others. Never heard of them. Halloween 3 made a grand total of $14 million, making it the least successful of the Halloween movies. Still made its money back, though. It was only made for, what, $2.5 million? Oh, wait, hang on. Yeah, it still would have made its money back. It actually was not the least successful. The least successful goes to Halloween 5, which only made $11 million. Mm. You know, so here's an interesting thought. The whole point of movie franchises like this is to make money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you're getting into, uh, they keep making these movies, mm-hmm. and they keep making decent amount of money, but like they're not banger hits. Mm-hmm. Why keep making them? Like, like because they make money. Yeah. If they're making any minute money, I guess I guess that's fair. Because like I go back to the soft franchises, and I say that if soft would have stopped after three, it would have been my favorite horror trilogy of all time. Yeah, I mean, if you care strictly about quality you should stop yeah but they don't right but they don't but people quit well i guess saw is different because people went and saw those movies had saw um but if you get to the point where people are not seeing these movies why make them why not try to reboot like i know they tried to reboot with nightmare and it didn't work and they they did the rob zombie halloween and it was moderately successful we'll see how this one goes um but why not shut it down for a while let it run its course and then revitalize it and bring it back rather than just keep going and going and going and going because that's when the stories get weak. That's when everything gets weak and weak and weak and people get less attracted to it because they are getting worse 
quality. I don't know. I I may have an answer for that. And and the thing is, is that when you when you think about horror movies in general, horror movies in general typically don't have big budgets. No, they, we they talked don't. about that last time. Yeah, they're we, usually very small budgets. They're, they're usually very small budgets. Like I think uh, Saw, the very first Saw, cost one and a half million dollars. And what was the gross on it? A lot. It was a lot of money. I mean, it made a lot of money. And I think when you have a movie that has... 56 million? Yeah. When you have a movie that has a, a very, very small budget, uh, it has not so much cheap thrills, it has a story to it, but it has, you know, it has like, it's it's like the scare factor is like kind of there. If it can make back the money and it makes back, you know, more money... Then sure, why not put as many out as you possibly can until and try to milk it as much as you can. I think that's the problem with these movies, especially with horror franchises, is that they milk them for as much as they can. Well, I, I understand that, but for me, Halloween the original was made for like what three hundred thousand dollars, one point one million for the original Saw made a lot of money. What the what, what they get into is. As the movies continue, mm-hmm. they put more money into it, mm-hmm. so it becomes more, more difficult much. to make it, but but still more. Yeah, and so maybe it's still not you know the typical budget, mm-hmm. but you're still putting more into it, and you're not necessarily increasing. Like there's there, to me, it just doesn't seem like it, the payoff is is worth it. Take that two million dollars and put it into a different type of horror movie or a reboot of something like you you you're banking on the name and the recognition i understand that but let it die for a while and then come back and and put new life into it instead Mm -hmm. of just trying something new because then you have the recognition and if you put time into the quality more people will go see it rather than just this is garbage i'm i'm gonna go see it once because i recognize it and then tell everybody that hasn't seen it don't go see it because it's it's crap well, to, it, I was gonna go say ahead. to to play the role of a of a generic studio executive. Uh, I I understand where you're coming from, but I know that Halloween 13 will likely double its budget based on the history of the other ones, even if it is small. And you're asking me to take a risk on something that no one's heard of. Why would I risk get losing everything when I know that even if it's just a small profit, my Halloween will make money. Well, and and that argument makes sense, and I understand that, but that's why I'm saying instead of just continuing it, take it a different direction. You can use the name recognition because that's what you're banking on, mm-hmm. but use it in a different and more creative way to create a good movie. Ba- because if you just keep taking Halloween or Friday the 13th or Nightmare, you're going to run out of ideas, and then it's just going to get into that gratuitous killing and horror and blood and guts and whatever. And I know that that's fine and it makes your money back, but if you want to make more money, make a good movie. Because people will go see it initially because they recognize it, but then if it's good, they'll see it again or tell other people to see it. Mm -hmm. I think this is why I really never really cared about the Saw series, is that it's just a bunch of you know. It's really the same rehash. It's hard to one up. Yeah, yeah after I so mean, many, I, yeah, yeah. After the first one, it's just like okay, Saw two comes out, Saw three, Saw four, Saw five, and I think for a while, the Saw movies were coming out consecutively. They were okay. All it right. was like every year they'd come out with one. That was my Halloween tradition. That's why I love Saw. Yeah, I mean, the Halloween movies did not come out every year. They they had 
a there, few years in between each one of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, we have the gift of hindsight in the, in the year 2018. <laughs> yeah. What we aren't taking into account is at the time they were making these movies. They very easily could have been thinking, make a better movie. Why? These are what everyone's making, and they're doing well. Yeah. Why? Why put all? Why put extra effort into a good movie when audiences don't seem to want them? Right. And so I get from that a too genre. from a mindset because we talked in the last episode about how it spurs copycats, and you end up copycatting yourself, and yeah, trying to one up. And and I go back to the saw because that's what I'm so used to. But they in. As the movies continued, they had to continue to find ways to get that gross factor, the shock factor, the the torture factor Mm -hmm. of how can we do this and make it more painful than we did last time. And and rather than focus on your story, you focus on the the, the traps, and then you lose your substance, but you have your flash. So, anyway, that was a tangent that came out of nowhere, but... Mm -hmm. And how... Well, let's do our let's do our rating before we guess the score. Um, how many pumpkin head masks would y'all give this film? I give it a one and a half. Whoa! <laughs> oh my! That is low. I like how y'all react. That is really low. I would probably go two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. It was I think okay. It was okay. One and a half. It's your opinion. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) How many Rotten Tomatoes do we think it's got? Now, this is going to be interesting, I think. Since it was initially released, I'm going to say maybe 35. I'm going to say 40. I'm probably going to be wrong. I was going to go with 42. Um, it, It... 43! The audience score is 25. <laughs> wow. I'm somewhat surprised, honestly, that the critic score is, is as high as that. How much was it? 43. Well, does that wrap up our discussion of Halloween 3? How interesting is that? I think so, yeah. Cool. Next week, we'll be back with Halloween H2O, which I think marks 20 years. Is that right, Andrew? Mm-hmm. You're the it came out in 98. oldest. 1998. Halloween H2O, the 20th anniversary of the Halloween series. We'll be back with that next week. What? So here, here's a question. Oops. As I kick the table and mess up the microphone. Oops. Uh, Halloween H2O. Yeah. It Halloween was, water time. Well, it was <laughs> the 20th anniversary. Halloween underwater. At the time, right? Water world Halloween. <laughs> I can keep going. This one's got Kevin Costner. Oh. <laughs> That'd be worse than As that. Michael Myers. Uh, Halloween, the lost city of Atlantis. <laughs> Halloween, Aquaman. <laughs> I'm done. Halloween, Poseidon. <laughs> the Little Mermaid, Halloween. <laughs> okay, Halloween H2O. Halloween, it was the 20th storm. anniversary at the time of yeah. the original one, right? Yeah, yeah. So I know what they're doing. They're doing H2O, Halloween 20. I get right, it. sure. Wah, wah, wah. But isn't it called Halloween H2O? Yes. Yeah, that's the name of the movie. That's the name of the movie. It implies water. It does imply water, but it's also redundant because it's Halloween H2O. The H is Halloween. It's Halloween, Halloween 20. Yeah, or it's it's Halloween scientific makeup of water. (laughs) That's however you want to look at it. I choose water. When When I saw that advertisement in the theater, I'm like, H2O? 
I didn't know there was 20 of those. That's some high-quality H2O. Halloween water boy. I like that. <laughs> there we go. Um, Written I'm sure we'll, Adam Sandler. <laughs> we'll have plenty of... It might have been better. <laughs> we'll have plenty of more water puns to talk about next week when we review Halloween H2O. In the meantime, you can find us online and tell other people to find us online on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Woo, that's exciting. You can also find us online and leave us your comments on Facebook at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod. And on Instagram, just search so many sequels pod. We want to hear if you liked Halloween Three Seasons of the Witch or had ever even heard of it or have ever even seen it or if you hated it. We just like to hear if, you, if, you, if you're involved. I really would like to get a conversation on this one because I yeah. think it could be interesting uh, if people watch it. I do too. If you haven't watched it and you just want to chime in, that's fine too. Maybe our we'll show will spur a reawakening of people to Halloween 3. I'd be alright with that. And it'll surge through the roof and then next year we'll get a Season of the Witch sequel. All because of this. Yeah. John Carpenter, I hope you're listening. <laughs> I would be terrified if you're listening. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're looking forward to next week and hopefully you are too. Until then... 23 days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Somebody stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. So Many Sequels is hosted and produced by Josh Gammon, Garrett Powders, and Andrew Nichols. Editing was done by me, Josh. Our theme song is by Justin Mayer. Please check us out online at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod. So Many Sequels is a production of the OK Connection, celebrating the people, music, places, and events of Oklahoma.